in three, two, one. John, are we live? We are live, sir. What's going on, buddy? Not too much, my man. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited about the show. The pre-going live has been so much fun with these two that I, I, I can't wait to get into it. I, I was I was trying to get everybody to quiet down a little bit so we could go live. There's uh, a there's a lot of energy here. I almost wish we could have like a pre-show kind of camera feeding in, although we sometimes say some things that yeah. probably shouldn't <laughs> say on air. But That's why uh, I do the countdown. <laughs> um, I'm excited for this one. What's going on? Nothing. Just working. Uh, just came off the mayoral election. I think 12 people voted. That yeah. was great. Unbelievable. Well, don't Everybody complain if you, didn't, if you right? didn't show up. Exactly. exactly. I live in Northbrook, so... Nothing I could do except yeah, Willowbrook. But, uh, you know, you, you, you made a great point because we both do so much business here that people that live in the burbs but spend money and time and, and employ people uh, should have some, some voting, right? Yeah, Eric and I chatted about that before we went live. We said, you know, you, we both live in the suburbs, but we have businesses in the city and right. kind of stinks not to be able to vote, but uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Deep words. <laughs> um, any shout outs from you, buddy? Oh, of course. He always one ups me. I don't uh, even have one today. Oh, well. Right. I have like 30 seconds to come up with one. So, yeah, TikTok. I'll think. <laughs> uh, so, I just want to shout out to my beautiful better half for some awesome socks. No, I can't one up you. <laughs> she did. She's watching. Uh, I, I, I hope so. Uh, I got a, a box. Of a dozen pair of socks, individually wrapped, awesome colors, all kinds of craziness. I put up a picture on Instagram uh, a little bit earlier from the studio here, and uh, I just wanted to say thank you. And another shout out to everybody that ran for for mayor, except for Paul Vallis. Uh, <laughs> it's a sore spot a, for him. Doing, <laughs> doing a good job, even though you know naturally there's going to be winners and losers, but. Uh, you know, at least they got in the game. For those, for, for you too, he just stood us up last week, so a sore spot for John. Yeah. We had him, <laughs> we had him booked for weeks, and all of a sudden, it got too busy for us. So yeah, I'm going to one-up your socks game next week. I didn't get the notice that you were going to put up that photo of your socks. Eric's got cool socks on, too. I mean, mine are okay. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah, try to pull my yeah, pants up no. and show you because I'll... It's not that kind I'll of tear, show. I'll tear my <laughs> pants like I normally do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, none for me. I was out of town, so... I don't have a shout out. Really? That's your excuse. I, I was guess. out of town. I had a lot of tacos and tequila all weekend, John, <laughs> until last night. So bear with me. All right. So next week, you're going to come in fully loaded. Better shout out next week. And yep. I'm going to have better socks than you have on yeah. next week. And Just wait. while we're talking about uh, tequila, got a... Oh, bottle? shoot. No, I don't. Yeah. I'll bring you something from vid- home. I, video oh, evidence. Man, we I promised that. you a bottle. Uh-huh. I'll get you something from here. Man. Now, from here, I could do that. I need It'll be something good from here. All right. You know what's funny, though? Like, all the good tequila that used to be authentic there that's not sold here or used yeah. to not be able to be sold here is yeah. sold here. Like, Classe Azul and then some of the really nice stuff. I was in the duty-free, and they had, you know, I used to drive a race car. It's a tequila Patron on the side. So I love all different types of nice Patron. And they're like, this bottle is only sold in Mexico. And I Google it, and it's like yeah, every place in the U.S. sells it, too. And I'm like, not going to get me right. duty-free. Yeah. So I just, I like that name. I'm a 12-year-old boy. Duty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's Ma- enough of that. Maggie said we have an international watcher, her cousin from Australia, Keith Doray. Oh, Keith. What's up, my man? Oh, cool. 
We're going to come see you as soon as possible. Wheelhouse is international. Boom. I'm going to start with our first guest because I think we're going to breeze past an hour today. Christy Ross, she's the president and CEO of Tasty Trade. I'm reading this because I don't want to mess it up. She was named by Ernst & Young as Entrepreneur of the Year. She's been featured on Cranes Magazine as a Tech Top 50. She also has a Wikipedia page. So I Googled her, and that's super, super cool. That's super nice. awesome for me. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And T I want to find out where to get those socks. Yeah, where do you get those socks? <laughs> uh, we'll have to ask Maggie. Maggie will type it in, I guess. Yeah, Maggie's watching. Maggie, if you, uh, if you hear us, um, let us know where you get John's socks. We're all going to get them, too. <laughs> then I'll just match them. You, you send me a picture of what he's wearing every day, and I'm just going to match them on the show. No, you can't do that to me. Come on. Um, tell us what Tasty Trade is, because I don't want to butcher it, because it does a whole lot of things. Absolutely. So Tasty Trade is an online financial network, and we produce eight hours of live programming every day, talking about the financial markets, helping people like you and me, and learn how to trade. So we do about 50 different shows, all the way from Whoa. beginners, all the way to advanced. Um, we also, uh, we also, one of the shows I do, is called Bootstrapping in America. So it's the only show on our network that is not trading related, but it is entrepreneur re related. So we interview CEOs and founders every day um, and really allow them to tell their story, kind of like what you guys are doing here today. So yeah, I love that. And you, you, eight hours of content a day is so much content. It's, um, it's a fourth of the day you guys are pushing out content. And it's so much relative to right now content because I went on your site and I encourage anybody listening to go on the site and take a peek at it because a lot of trading sites will have you know a handful of videos up to kind of teach you what to do with trading, but it's not real-time information which you guys provide. What made you think of doing Tasty Trade? Well, so eight years ago, um, my partner, Tom Sosnoff, we're co-CEOs, he uh, was one of the founders of Thinkorswim, and I was the CFO working with him there. When we sold that to TD Ameritrade, he had an idea to make finance fun and actionable. And fun is totally like an oxymoron, right, <laughs> with, along with finance. But uh, I was like, let's do it. So jumping in, knowing nothing about media at all, um, we, we jumped in rented an old hip hop studio on Huron oh, wow. and bought a couple cameras and said, let's throw some spaghetti at the wall. We knew nothing about media, but we did know and understand very deeply the problem we were trying to solve. There was no, nothing like super entertaining in finance um, and nothing really truly actionable all day long during the trading hours. Right. So we definitely accomplished that, but that's only one part of our business. What are some of the other parts? So we, we have our content, which is Tasty Trade. And then at the beginning of 2017, we launched another brokerage called Tasty Works. So we okay. built trading technology and sort of all the content and everything we talk about all day. And we have a, I'll call it a technological expression of all of that, making all of the stuff easy to do um, that we talk about on our network. And it's an actual brokerage firm. So like a TD Ameritrade or an E-Trade, but it's all focused around uh, our content. And then this year, in 2019, we'll be launching a futures exchange. You are so busy. So I always ask this question of people, what makes more sense when they're in the trading world? Because I have some friends that are day traders and they trade on their own. They seem like they're pretty well versed in trading to become 
self-sufficient, I would say, in trading. What do you recommend to somebody starting off? Obviously, you want to educate yourself, which they can do on Tasty Trade. But do you go and use the brokerage or do you try to do it on your own? What's What's sure. the advice there? Well, so so our brokerage is for all self-directed investors. Okay. So we're not making the trades for you. You're doing it yourself. Oh, awesome. Um, and so one of the things we have content for beginners and all the way to like super advanced. Uh, the best place to start is going to tastytrade.com and going to our learn center. And we actually okay. have short videos with quizzes just to sort of learn the lingo and get the concepts down and the, st the strategies. Um, but, as, but as far as who this is for, it's not like just day traders, it's literally for all of us. People that have day jobs, um, night jobs too, when you look at having kids and, <laughs> and you know working around the clock. But it's, it's really to address the issues for individuals who don't want to just hand their money over and be charged really exorbitant fees. Instead, sure. it's sort of empowering them to be able to do it themselves. Um, but I think that that's, you know, that probably is the, the best way I can say it. That's great because I feel like trading is so intimidating to the average person because it, it, there's so much to learn and your platform obviously provides all the knowledge. But even me, I'm a real estate guy, so I invest in real estate and I feel like maybe I know more than the total beginner, but it's completely intimidating to me. So I actually bookmarked your page and I, and I mean this and I want to go back and learn some stuff because I put a lot of money into real estate, but I think you got to diversify. There's a lot of different ways to invest your money and protect your assets and set yourself up for retirement, but most people are so intimidated. And I think the lack of knowledge is what probably pushes somebody to a broker and says, hey, here's my money, and then charge me those crazy fees because I'm not educated. And Mo, you are 100% correct. It's, there's three things, really, when you look at it. There's people think that they need a finance degree or they need you know, a years of experience to invest on their own. That's not true. Um, they think they need, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you don't. I mean, if you want to trade derivative products, if you want to trade options, you need two thousand dollars minimum in your brokerage account. But I mean, you can still you can start out with ten dollars and you know buy one share of stock if you want to, right? Um, and then they don't think they have the time. And I think that that third component, that's one of the things we sort of break down all three of those myths and because we provide all the information for free and we teach you how to sort of fit it into your life. I trade probably 500 times a year um, and I'm maybe spending five minutes a day, checking my okay. positions, checking my strategies. I don't need to watch the market all day long because of the type of strategies that I deploy. But it, it's all, it all depends. Um, my partner, Tom Sosnoff, who is on air a majority of the time during the day, he's, he's trading um, still the tasty trade, I'll call it methodology. It's sort of this logical mechanical approach, but he trades with different probability sets um, because he can watch the market all day right. to where I'm might go wider um, in my strategies just because I can go check and go, oh, it's leaning one way or another and I maybe will adjust it, but I don't have to worry that I need to be glued to my screen. And I think what some people don't understand is you, when you're trading, you have variable amounts of risk you can employ. I mean, you can just, people think, oh, I'm going to put my money in the market and I'm going to lose all of it. Yeah, you can be really risky. You can go and bet on penny stocks or people were doing it in Bitcoin mm -hmm. or you can be 
very conservative with what you're doing and not probably have to check as much. Right. And our, all of the information, we have a whole research team that actually everything we do is statistical based. So if I want to go and trade a strangle, I want to sell a strangle, that's basically selling a put in a call. Okay. And I say, I want to take, uh, I want to trade and say that the stock's going to stay between this range for, you know, 30 days, 50 days, whatever it may be. Um, that's sort of the, the trade or the bet I'm making versus just going and buying stock, which might be a 50-50 chance of making money. But if I, if I do a strangle, let's say, and I go about 80% probability of success, I have an 80% probability that it's going to stay in that range for that time period. And again, it's all statistics. So it's, it's you know, rather than just going and buying stock and crossing your fingers and going, I hope it goes up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's because um, there's way too many factors that go into a stock price that there's really no, there really is no predicting which way it's going to go. For okay. anybody who's going to tell you that and say, oh, I know which way this is going to go. I mean, stay far away because maybe that's insider trading or somebody is just, you know, it's their guess. Yep. It's their assumption. When did you start? Did you start in finance first? What, what got you into the financial world? Yeah, good question. So I actually started in accounting and finance because I had no idea what I wanted to do um, coming out of college, which a lot of people don't. But I thought, you know what, I'll be exposed to a lot of different industries. So I went into public accounting right out of uh, college. And uh, um, I was on the uh, financial services team and I was exposed to traders on the floor. And I was like, oh my God, this is where I need to be. Like just the energy. High energy. High energy. I'm like, that's, that's my wheelhouse. <laughs> no pun intended, Very by the way. Well, well, well done though. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of people that worked at the Board of Trade and the first thing they said is it was so energetic and it was so fast paced. And I can tell you have that personality to you now. And I tell people when it goes to just investing in general, there's no right or wrong time to start, but I'm sure you'll agree compounding interest is crazy. I mean, the younger you start, the better it is. And I feel like people are starting to play with, like I have Acorn on my phone because I'm, I need to learn stuff off of your uh, site before I start investing on my own. But I feel like people are starting to, with the internet, have access to information. So they're starting to want to invest a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Do you find that as well? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, one of the things that we talk about is, you know, don't wait until you're 50 right. to, to start investing because that you, you end up making decisions. You have a lot more to lose, if you sure. will. Um, versus jumping in, taking risks when you're younger. And I have, I absolutely have that philosophy about sort of taking risks, jumping in, sort of, you know, being um, comfortable, being uncomfortable, and sort of learning along the way. It, you learn by doing um, so much more. And I'm going to say this, you know, millennials in general, they want to learn. They want to do themselves. Um, they just need some guided independence, I guess, let me put it that way. And that's yeah. something that we provide every single day. We don't, we don't give true, uh, you know, guidance and advice in that sense. We provide the guidance and the guardrails and the logical mechanical approach. Um, so it's amazing when you look at sort of our customer base, a lot of people would expect it to be the older, you know, 50 year old who has 50 plus that has, you know, some money in the bank. It really ranges. We literally have like college kids 
all the way to retirees. So we, we run a wide span. It's about a third, a third, a third. When you look at millennials versus, you know, Generation X versus, you know, baby boomers. It, our, that's, again, our wheelhouse. You've, we cover them all. So good at that. <laughs> we got we to gotta bring her in yeah. to teach us how to incorporate that. That's I, awesome. I love it. I love it. You know, the access to information is growing exponentially. It's crazy. You know, you go online, you can figure out almost anything by just typing it into Google. What I, again, really, really like about your site is it's access to information, but really eight hours of filming a day, that is a lot of filming. I mean, I could, John and I do an hour a week and I, John's probably like, can, I can't even imagine eight hours a day <laughs> of filming every single day. Right, right. But it's eight hours a day is a lot of content. It is. I will say that of every single day, there's three three particular shows um, that our research team comes up with, and every research piece takes between forty and sixty hours wow. just to produce that one, you know, fifteen minute piece. So there's three of those per day, and we have a dozen. We basically have a dozen people on our on our um, research team, and overall we have uh, about one hundred and ten employees. Split. Whoa. I'm going to call it split down the middle. Half is on the brokerage side of things, and the other half is with the media group. But it's um, it's all original content. We don't put on other people's content. It's right. Right. It's um, everything that we produce. Well, it's great because it's a dynamic industry because it's changing so quickly all the time. So something that you guys are putting out today for eight hours is, my presumption is it's applicable to today and right now instead mm -hmm. of something where I might go watch it and now that's not really going to work for today's market. Well, but we also have evergreen content. We okay. have, we have, and definitely those research pieces live on um, because there's learnings and takeaways from every True single piece. Um, there's some that are truly like, you know, one is called trades from the research team. And so, um, and one's called, you know, you quant this. And it's all, <laughs> it's all about like trade ideas for today and talking about what's happening in the market. Um, and so maybe those, those might still be good to look at because there's still learnings and conversations that happen of the why behind you're doing this trade at that moment in time. Um, but the rest, a, a big part of our content is actually evergreen too. Um, and, and again, there's, we have a lot of content out on, on YouTube. Most of the content is on tastytrade.com where you're going to get sort of the full board of it. But we're on Roku and Apple TV and Amazon Fire awesome. TV and <laughs> all of that too. But it's, it's a wide range. So there's definitely um, evergreen content. Yeah. Now, I don't want you to give uh, financial advice because I know I can't ask that, but knowing you were coming on, somebody messaged me today and said, ask her about weed stocks because it's such a big thing. Yeah. Is it something that you guys are constantly researching now that it's becoming kind of the, mm -hmm. the popular thing? Yeah, no, and it? you know what? That's actually a great question. We talk about, I would say we talk about weed stocks every single day okay. in, in one segment or another because it is a hot topic and it is people, people are totally focused on it. Um, you know, we talk about uh, digital currencies as well, which we'll be launching actually on our, okay. um, on our brokerage, uh, I want to say in about six weeks. Uh, so that's, it's, it, we are talking about all of those Everything. things. Um, 
And what we try to do is we try to make sure that we are staying in liquid markets because if they're not liquid, um, you know, we don't feel good about talking about something that someone can't get in and out of easily. Okay, so, so that's what liquid markets mean. Yeah, so we want to make sure that we act, we are only talking about those things. So so where you're really seeing liquid markets, right, are are on the exchanges. We don't we don't talk about penny stocks or anything like that. We want we want you to be able to uh, trade something solid, if you will. Right. Um, but we but we talk about all the things that are interesting and that are going on, like with weed stocks and, and digital currencies. Those two are always hot topics every day. So the, he who shall not be named, go on tastytrade.com and you'll be able to figure out, it wasn't John. Nope. Um, it was somebody else I know. I was driving in and they said, ask about weed stocks. Go on tastytrade.com and Mm-hmm. Listen every day. There you go. You'll get some tips yeah, on weed stocks. It's uh, it's an interesting market. I've kind of looked into it a little bit, and the person who asked me to ask you keeps pushing me to invest in it. But I've been because I'm not knowledgeable about mm-hmm. it. I've just kind of stood back. But I, I bookmarked, and again, I'm going to look into it and become more knowledgeable because real estate is one part of investing. But again. I don't just want to be invested there. So well, I can see you being the next best tasty trader, and I'm you're going to learn options, and you're going to be trading before you know it. Look at that! She buttered <laughs> me up to go on tasty oh trade, and I am I'm to take all my money. Here it goes. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> no, I think it's uh, it's something I've wanted to do. You coming on has probably motivated me to do it now. I did Bitcoin when it came out, just mm-hmm. because I was being crazy, and I made a little bit of money, unlike mm-hmm. some of my friends. Cough, Matt Rosen. Poor guy. <laughs> Hope his wife's not watching because now I think I just got him in trouble. They're on vacation. But um, after that, I always wanted to get into tr- more traditional trading than just real estate. And I'm definitely going to be jumping on Tasty Trade. Perfect. Um, tell me about some of the other stuff you do. I'll ask about 1871 because I know you're on the board there. And um, I have some knowledge about 1871, having a tech startup. But I'll let you again say... Explain 1871 to Absolutely, everybody. yeah. So um, I am, I'll, I'll say I'm, I'm deeply involved and entrenched in the tech community in general um, here in Chicago. And 1871 is one of the boards that I sit on. 1871 is an innovation hub uh, for tech entrepreneurs. And it is, um, uh, uh, it is one of those places, it's right at the Merchandise Mart, you walk in and you can feel the energy. The The beautiful thing about 1871 is for anybody who wants to start a company, um, they can come in and just get a desk <laughs> and rent a desk, become a member, or um, they can get a private office. But the, the real value is in the connectivity there, meaning you have um, an incredible amount of talent through the universities that they're, that are connected through 1871. And you also have access to capital. So a lot of the VCs right here in Chicago are also connected into 1871. All the programming um, and and looking at larger organizations, established organizations, a lot of times entrepreneurs want to tap into some of the public companies, some of the larger organizations that are already established that need innovative ideas, right? So a lot of those corporations are plugged into 1871. You sort of have that whole ecosystem in one place. Um, there are a number of other innovation hubs throughout the city, um, like M Hub, focusing on manufacturing, and you have Matter, which is focusing on biotech. Uh, but it's a but eighteen seventy one is really sort of tech entrepreneurship as a whole, and they were ranked uh, globally number one for That's working wonderful. with universities, which is amazing. 
it's great that Chicago, and we spoke about this a little bit off air, but it's great that Chicago is becoming a tech hub because you, know, you think of Silicon Valley, you think of New York, you think of all these places. When we started looking into tech, we looked at these places. Some people were like, oh, you got to move out there. You got to move here to really be successful. But watching Chicago grow as a tech industry is really, really cool. And you guys are doing some great work with that. Yeah. And the, what I'll say is the tech community as a whole is committed to that. We have a change in leadership coming, as you know, with the, the mayor's mm -hmm. race. Um, and one thing that the community is doing, led by Penny Pritzker and Chris Gladwin, is uh, an, an initiative called P33. And I co-chaired the Capital and Finance Committee. And we are moving from phase two, which is development of the um, plan, to make Chicago a top-tier tech city. We're moving from the plan to execution here. And that's, that's actually in process right now. So super exciting because just like any sort of initiative, if you don't have the players that are going to ultimately benefit from that involved, it's, a, it's, it's often a miss. So you have truly um, players from all, all sectors coming together to make this happen. And that's going to be wonderful. I mean, it, it's going to be great for the city of Chicago in general. You know, every time an article pops up that you know, when Google came, if Amazon comes or another big company decides to make Chicago its home because we are growing in the tech world, it helps boost the city in so many different ways. So thank you for that. And uh, I'm excited to see where Chicago keeps going with that. You know, a lot of people have been poo-pooing Chicago about a million different things, but I think Chicago... Uh, whatever happens with the election, whoever wins, Chicago is going to keep on progressing forward in really, really good ways. Yes, and we, we have some of the top-tier universities here. When you look at Northwestern yeah. and IIT and University of Illinois and University of Chicago, Chicago. all of those, yeah. um, that there's not many cities that can actually say that. No. And so the talent pool, we just got to keep them here. Yeah. and keep them working with all of our great companies. universities great yeah. companies mm -hmm. um and and i just think chicago i met some guys from new york in uh in mexico this week and we were talking about the differences chicago is such a it's a big city but it's also a small city where people connect with one another i think more than a lot of the big cities well it's really it is also incredibly affordable yeah, and i think when absolutely. you look at the affordability around it it's that alone is is something you know place where you can actually raise a family and and actually start a business at reasonable prices and be profitable when they explained their rent in Manhattan and then explained what their place looked like, I started chuckling. I said, yeah, I'll stick to Chicago. Um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit, and then we're going to do a roundtable. I'm going to go to our second guest. You have um, you have some fans watching already, by the way. Um, Nana is watching, Nancy. Winnie Gilbert is also watching and waiting patiently. And then there's a couple different people who just keep commenting. So I think you got some fans, Eric. We got Eric Bayless. Uh, he's a restaurant entrepreneur. He's the CEO of Big Onion Tavern Group, which is one of Chicago's leading powerhouses in the restaurant business. 12 locations? Correct. They have 12 locations. Uh, one is hard enough in the restaurant business, but you got 12. Thanks for coming on the show and tell us about the uh, Big Onion Tavern Group. Yeah, well, thanks for introducing me second. No uh, big shoes to fill over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good <laughs> I think, luck. I think I got entered in the wrong episode, but... Uh, yeah, I think but, you're no, going to do just fine. Well, yeah, I, I mean, good thing I don't get nervous too often, but I, I would if, <laughs> I, if I had to follow her and I was a normal human. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was actually pretty interesting uh, hearing everything that she had, you had to say about your industry, and we're exactly the same. Exactly. So I was actually not texting people. I was taking 
kind of notes because my nice. memory is. And it's more just you guys work for three shows a day. You put so many hours behind it, right? And people don't even get what, what you have to put behind it. You guys probably eat three meals a day, right? It's it's <laughs> people don't know what Chef Jim Heflin does and what mm-hmm. Michael Sean does and what what all these people do behind the scenes to create that one experience, which is which is pretty bizarre. And you you talk more about and we're just the non glamorous ones. We're the we're the one that God forbid someone go to Yelp about some other provisions, but professions. But for us, it's just easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's just a lot to go into, but I, I get excited. The educational piece, the education of. of producing uh, new foods. I mean, Chicago is the hub for restaurants. I mean, that's the only time I get into politics is when someone doesn't realize that. Yeah. Chicago's a beautiful city with the best restaurants. I, I mean, the 100% Illinois, of the best restaurants. Yeah, the Illinois Restaurant Association, I don't know how Santoya and those guys don't get more credit. I mean, they're amazing of what they've done. I mean, just amazing of what they've done with the city and, and how, why we're so sought after is the tourism. And most people come here for what? For food and drinks. Correct. And, and it's it's pretty it's pretty bizarre how our our industry is not looked at like that. I mean, I think it's getting better and better, but but it really is. It, it's a it's a tough industry without the glamour, without the. I'm sure if a million people read my title versus someone else's title, it's like yeah, but that's bars and restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> but I get excited because it's the same thing, and I, I appreciate success of other people, and that and just correlate exactly with with our industry. So it, it's pretty interesting. What's very cool about what you guys do is there's a lot of restaurant groups that have one concept that they just begin to replicate over and over and over again. You guys have a lot of different concepts. What motivates you to come up and, and how do you come up with a new concept? Because that's not easy. Yeah, it's, it's never been me. I, I mean, anyone can say that, but it never has. I'm just good at being the leader and putting everyone's ideas together. Uh, grab that bottle. It's, it's more, it's, it's more a, a kind of a... Uh, a collaboration of a lot of people's ideas. Um, initially, we started, uh, Big Onion Tavern Group started by having, we wanted to be our examine, I mean, uh, kind of widen our portfolio, if you will. So we wanted to have a breakfast place, we wanted to have a lunch place, we wanted to have a nightclub. And, and as it is very, very difficult. I mean, I mean, with 637 employees, it's, it's really difficult when you're almost speaking in different languages. So it has been a goal of ours recently to kind of we've reexamined and we are probably going to bring it back a little bit and really focus on what we are good at. Because um, um, it, it seems like bars and restaurants, they all come in the same category, right? It's absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Breakfast, we learned the hard way, is completely different than lunch. Right. <laughs> and it's completely different than dinner. And, and a shot bar is completely different than a cocktail bar. So there, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think that over the years, we've learned, uh, Big Onion Tavern Group as, as a whole has learned kind of what we're good at in our niche, and we have some big plans going forward of what we're really going to do. And I think you guys, just like Christy, you guys, your industry also trends change because what was cool five years ago is like the cocktails are different. The you know food groups that people like are different. The weird allergies people are now coming up Abs- with are completely different. Absolutely, and that that's probably the reason why getting into stocks and getting getting into uh investments um bars and restaurants are the worst investments by the way i get calls all the time i don't understand why i i wrote down your website i'm going to send people your way <laughs> the ones i don't like i'll i'll, I'll listen to but the, of the rest of them i'll send your way uh but it, you're right and, and that's what people don't get they, they don't get of how how much reading we have to do and how we have to send spend time on the trends and unfortunately as we get older, it's not what we want. It's not about us. Right. And I think that that's something that Big Onion and my team really understood is that it's not about you. If, if you're the best at, you're the best lawyer around, it's about you. <laughs> if yeah. you're the best roofer, 
why are you different? Right. If you're the best at almost anything, and then all of a sudden, it takes a lot of money to start a bar or restaurant, so it's about you, about you, about you. That's how you made your money? It's not about you anymore. It's about the people that walk in the door. And that's probably the most humbling, why, why you see so many people that are successful in every other aspect that aren't successful in this industry because you have to turn it around and have to really humble yourself and you have to say, I don't know anything. <laughs> I, I have to continue to learn. Well, I, I jotted your motto down because I was on your website. I was looking around researching uh, everybody like I do. And you said your motto was to make each and every guest feel as though they're walking into their own personal home. That's something I've never seen phrased like that in a restaurant group. You know, you see people, hey, we want people to have a good time, but I love that motto. Where did you guys come up with that it, being kind of what it, you're it looking at? It was sitting there and I studied a lot of other people's businesses from the small successful business to, I mean, success, the word is relative, right? Right. To the big, the big successes, the big monsters, and they all had a mission statement. But to me, the ones that really succeeded were the ones that believed in it. I, I kind of interviewed people that started their own business and then people that worked for Apple and people that, and I remember like I didn't break my phone on purpose every week. It just happened. And I, I would, I would literally <laughs> Do you have insurance on it now. Uh, I have every kind of phone insurance you possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I would take socket in me breaking my phone. So, but basically I would talk to the, the, the employees at Apple even, and they really get it. They really get their, their mission. Then I came back to think, man, if my wife and I are sitting at our house and we love to entertain, and believe it or not, I don't like all of her friends. Sorry, yeah. I, know, I know her mom's listening, you said, I think. But anyways, sorry, mom. You got a lot of people <laughs> yeah, listening. So. You have Green Curtain team here for Eric Bayless. There we go. We can talk about them later. They're, they're our, a great organization. Our buddy, mutual buddy Mike Cannon. Eric, oh, what, what a nice guy. Are both geniuses at what they do. All right, thanks, Mike. <laughs> thanks, Mike. I, I slipped him a free lunch for that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, don't beat me up next time. <laughs> anyway, so, so I got back to the... My, my wife and I sitting there entertaining someone. We like to have people over. And like I said, I don't like all of her friends. And But I knew if I'm sitting on the couch and her friends walk in, if she says hello, I'm getting up and greeting them, right? Awesome. When, when we cook them a meal, I don't care. I'm going to help her do whatever it takes to make them have the best experience ever, right? And at the time, I was thinking to myself, how come people don't do that in the restaurants? Sure. Why? Because mentally, what do you tell yourself? I'm going to work. Right. If you That's do the true. same exact thing that you love, but you do it as a job, it's weird how you don't appreciate it as much. And that's really what, what I, I tell everybody. I said, what are the biggest problems at work? Someone's late. Well, if you were your own personal home, would you have people over? Would you show up late? And they're like, no, 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 no. Why do you do it here then, right? right. Which, which, that's not my table. Well, at your house, when I say, hey, that, they're not my friends, I'd be divorced pretty quick, right? <laughs> I'd say, what, 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 wouldn't work out too well. If, if someone's using the restroom at my house, and I'm like, that's a barback's job. That probably wouldn't go over too well, right? <laughs> if I didn't throw them toilet paper, right? right. I, I mean, I try to give extreme examples. And w what it does is, is really, really awesome is that people start getting it. People start getting it, and they start having fun. Because when you put your shoes on, if... All, all the cliches. I'm not a big quote guy because it's just like, do it. Excuse my language, but fucking do it. Don't just yeah. don't just make a quote. Don't right? worry, we're not yeah. on any air that has to bleep us out. Nope. So you can swear all you want. Awesome. I was a little nervous about that. No. <laughs> fortunately, I can't stop. Swear uh, so, away. Yeah, so, but it's pretty interesting if you look at it that way. And, and what's really cool is everyone has bought into it. Everyone has bought into it. And, and it's just, it's awesome. I mean, my biggest success has been people that have only worked for us for six months or seven months. And they went on to tell me that they started their own company in another field. And they've used that same motto. And it's, it's true. If you do 
as if you would in your own personal home and any of your guys' industries, you're going to get better at it. <laughs> you're I, going to be good. It's such a unique twist to it and I really, really like that. And you've built a culture and it sounds like you've built a culture where the people who are coming to work at these establishments are enjoying what they're doing because of your leadership and it's fun for the people that come through. I think one of the worst things when you go into, whether it's a breakfast place, lunch place, a restaurant, or a late night bar, is the person that is working with you there is just in a crappy mood or not fun. Some of the best experiences I've had, setting aside whether the food's good or not, I think even if the food's not the best, but if the experience is great, I'm happy to go back there again. But if you have the best food in the world, but your experience really sucks, I'm probably never coming back. 1,000%. Um, I have a question for you guys. When's the last time you, read, you wrote a bad Yelp review at your buddy's house? Never. Exactly. Well, I, I don't write bad Yelp reviews okay, either. But, but if you did, <laughs> I, I challenge any Yelpers that are listening. When's the last time you went to your mother-in-law's and wrote a bad Yelp review? Well, I'm very anti-Yelp. I tried to sue them once, <laughs> I, and they told me to go jump in front of a bus. I did hear that story, but but I mean, unfortunately, that's our li livelihood. We yeah. have to, so I don't condone that comment. So, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but the reason being is because we break down the barrier to be their friends. Yeah. I, I'd say I tell everyone they're not order takers. The most successful you'll be in life is relationships that, that that's going to take your ceiling to another another level with any industry and the next person that walks in the door could be your best friend could be your wife could be your husband could be the guy that saves you could be someone that fixes your tires could be anyone and you don't know if you just sit there get to know them don't be an order taker get to know them as if they're walking into your own home well everybody's very lucky to have you um, in your group because I feel like one of, and I have a couple friends in the industry, I feel like their biggest problem always is staffing and personnel and making sure that personnel are consistent or uh, giving the experience that you guys obviously give to all of the people that come through your establishments. And I think your success probably has to do with a million things that you do right, but I think in large part it has to be that your leadership and giving that experience well, to people. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I, I don't. I don't always see that. I, I, I just see that people aren't educated. People, people are like, "You're late. You're written up." It's explain to them why millennials are amazing. Or, or they're amazing. Like whether I'm a millennial or not, I still haven't figured it out. I, I don't know. But I always hear. How, how old are you? I'll be. I'm 39. So. <laughs> I think I guess I'm right we're there, not, right? we're kind of at the tail end of that. You're on the cusp. I, cusp. That's why X. I really like, yeah, okay, maybe I want to do <laughs> I try not to associate with them in some things and other things I do. Yeah, right. we, we, we it depends on what we're talking about. The best of both worlds. But but it, it's really funny that how I look at millennials is that they, they're smarter. They get instant gratification. As you talked about, as Christy talked about earlier, I mean, it's just amazing. It's the same thing. It's just you have to change your business model to that. And it's educating them. Even politics. I don't get into it too much because I get frustrated. I like to get involved, but I don't. Get, but if they just educated each other, yeah, it's edu like it's so crazy that if you just why do you want that law? Why do you not want that law? If they got over the wins and losses and bet in the middle, I mean, a lot more would happen, right? It's mm -hmm. it's great, and that that's a thing. I mean, I appreciate the uh, the accolades and all, but but to me, it's just it seems like common sense. It's like here's why. I, I mean, I tell all of our managers who are amazing people, I hire them based off of their personality. You can teach anyone almost anything. I believe. It's more, what do you do? You educate the employee, right? You motivate and you lead by example. <laughs> and if you do those three things, then you're like, Susie B, I'm really sorry. I, I told you why it's not okay to be late, right? I first told you that, right? That then I'm never late, am I, right? And then I motivate you to get on time and you're still not here, high five, you no longer work here and they should understand. Right. <laughs> and, and you'd be surprised how much they do understand. 
I, I really like how you approach that. And one of the things you just mentioned, I got asked a while back, what's one thing when you're coaching and training you can't change in somebody? I said, you can teach them anything. I don't know if I can teach them personality. I just, it's not something I think I can teach somebody. Their personality is, by the time I reach them, formed in a certain way. I, I, I disagree. My wife and I fight about this all the time. She goes, you're just like that. And I said, well, if that's the case, then I should just quit <laughs> everything. Because that's all like, it's the cool thing to me is there, I think there's about me, how I feel is that there's a couple percentage of people that are like my wife. They're just genuine and just nice. And they pick up a hundred dollar bill. They're like, I wonder who lost this. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, there's a 2% are just scum, right? Then the rest of us in the middle, I, I mean, I think it's, we need to open their eyes. I, like, I really think we do because you never know their background, where they're from. Mm-hmm. And it's, are you going to win, win, win and change everyone? But I mean, I know in my, one of my passions is being a wrestling coach. It's it, it, if you have that mindset to me, it's a lot easier to coach the kid that's already on second base or the kid that's already far advanced in wrestling, right? To me, I, I want the kid that didn't succeed in anything. So not Mike Cannon. He's nah, still watching. He's, well, yeah, he probably started this <laughs> he's somewhere. He's going to beat right? me up for saying that. <laughs> he said yelpers pull guard. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, what, what got you into it? Because you definitely have the personality for it. And, and, and some people just truly don't have the personality to do what you're doing. What got you into the restaurant world? I legitimately fell into it. It was not by choice. Um, it was really... I had an opportunity here in Chicago um, that I thought uh, playing for a certain football team in the area. I, I thought, and I was uh, I never. I borrowed some money from my buddy Joe. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, uh, Joe! Happy There's birthday my shout Joe. out, John. There you go, Joe oh. Pachuca. <laughs> and I borrowed money from him, and never really got even a chance to do what I wanted to do. And I knew to myself I had to pay him back. Um, he then got me a job as a door guy at a bar, and I fell in love with it. I'm like, these people have to talk to me. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is great. <laughs> And then from there, I kind of just worked my way up. And I mean, it's a long story. I could take the whole hour, but really just uh, just learned. And I think my biggest attribute was that every time I see someone successful, I mean, I'm going to be here an hour after the show asking Christy, like, how'd she get there? What'd she do? Blah, blah, It's like just learning from every position and, and really taking it in. I mean, I like to talk, but I actually like to listen. To people have, you, have you found <laughs> that a lot of people you approach? Because I, I say this to people all the time most successful people are very open to helping you succeed as well. So long as you approach them and ask, how did you get there? Absolutely. And that's the funny part. Very few people do. It's, I mean, I don't know. I think I have my definition of success. I'm not even close to there yet. Not even close. That's why I kind of struggle. That's a, that's a big key point of an entrepreneur is they're always trying to reach a different level of success. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're right. But at the same time, like that's, that's the passion that I have is helping other people. I, I mean, that's what, and then at the end of the day, you're like, People say, today flew by. I'm like, we need to help enough people. Like, fuck, today flew by. Like, I, I talked to 600 people. I, you're the type of person who say, today flew by that didn't have time. And wake up earlier then. <laughs> like, it's, to, to me, it's really, uh, to answer your question, it is true successful people want to help others. Because it's awesome. Yeah. It's really awesome. It, it's a lot cooler to give a Christmas present than to receive one. I, really, I, I, truly, yeah. I truly think, unless you're under three years old, that, that, that that's my three-year-old would definitely much rather get one. Other than him, <laughs> I think most of us, uh, really, it feels great, and you remember those wins. Well, you're a giver's game guy, and you just bump and set a perfect transition into something you're working on, the Never Had a Bad Day Foundation. I don't want to butcher that at all, so I'm definitely going to let you explain what that is. Awesome. Yeah, never had a bad day was something that I've always said my whole life. I probably can't remember, but if you guys uh, asked how my day was going, I'm sure I probably said that. The backstory of that was I was not the greatest kid, and I had community service, believe it or not. And um, I was in a retirement home, and there was the one patient that 
nobody really liked. He was the miserable, throws jello back type of guy. Yeah. I was intrigued. <laughs> I wanted to be his friend. <laughs> and he would always say he never had a bad day. I'm like, we never had a bad day. Why are you so miserable? <laughs> and he sat, sat me aside and he told me, he said, he said, you know what? It's all perspective. If you're going to be miserable, then guess what? You're, you're going to think like everyone else does. You're the first person to talk to me. And therefore, I accept you. I just have a shield up. And it was kind of a way to, I was really interested. In, and then it was, I mean, we became pretty close and we talked a lot until he passed away. But I always said it. And it was, it's really funny through my life. I've always said it. Always. I didn't really know what it meant in the beginning, but always said it. And people get almost pissed off at it. <laughs> they, they really will go, what do you mean you never had a bad day? What do you mean this never happened? This never happened? Like, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of funny. It made me say it more and more and more. <laughs> Fast forward, um, I had a business partner that kind of pushed me to really starting this I, because I really love to help, love to give. And we started a foundation called Never Had a Bad Day. What our mission is, is we help uh, kids going through pediatric cancer, zero to 18. We help their families. Um, 365 days a year, we help someone. So we teamed up with Lori's Hospital. We're very in the infancy stages right now. <laughs> we teamed up with Lori's and we help a family every day, whether it be as simple as $10 for parking or it be $10,000 for their mortgage. Um, some of the cool things about us are that we don't have an application. So we can get a phone call and we can say, hey, guess what? Johnny's mortgage is due tonight. Can you guys pay it? Yes, we can pay it right away. Um, we pay, the, we pay the, the bills directly so they don't get, have any tax problems or anything like that, which I think is another it's incredible. big issue. Yeah, and, and the, the coolest thing about us, I think, is that the first year, and I'll try to say this quickly, is that <clears throat> uh, the first year we raised next amount of money, and it was mainly my friends with big donations. So then what do you think they asked me for? Money back. <laughs> money back for their foundations. And I remember looking at my wife and being like, fuck. <laughs> like, I'm not getting this money. How, I can't give this much money back. I got to wear these sweet suit coats and shit. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Your pockets and, and these socks to keep up with John over there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just not going to work, right? So I decided, I mean, I kind of got back with the, with the board, which our board is absolutely amazing. And I said, guys, we need something that, that's really going to keep this going and more sustainable. So we came up with a business model that we approach businesses. And what we do is help them with their needs. Business needs have been dealing with millennials, high turnover, and giving back to the community. So we go to Business X. They have 100, 100 employees, say. We tell them, make a goal, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, whether it be over a month or a year. From there, we get all their employees' emails, and we take it from there. So basically what we do is we make each employee a fundraising page. We come in. We motivate them. Our team comes in. We show them what we're doing, show them how, how much it makes a difference. We, have, we, have a, we ring a bell in the morning. We wake them up to different treats. We give prizes for who raised the most money that week and did everything. And then most importantly, at the end of that month or year, whatever their, their uh, time period is, the top fundraisers actually get to meet the families. That's amazing. And, and what that creates is the, the relationship piece. So really the whole thing is about the relationships. So basically we create 365 relationships a year. That's incredible. Um, the giver's gain mindset that you employ by just doing the Never Had a Bad Day Foundation, you also transfer that to giving to the businesses that you're working with in, an, in a way to gain back to the charity itself. So it's a giver's gain on a couple different platforms. That's incredible. John put up the, um, the link. It's nhbd.org. And you have a special promo for the next 24 hours. Can I announce that? Yeah. So, so basically what I, what I like to do is anyone that donates to Never Had a Bad Day, NHB, 
bd.org. I will personally, my wife and I will personally match the uh, the donation. Perfect. For how long? Uh, 23 and a half hours. All right, perfect. Very nice. John, we're going to do it, and we're going to have a match it. Uh, you have... Uh, Mickey Moo and your beautiful wife are watching. We love you, Daddy Eric. <laughs> I couldn't go without at least shouting that one out. Awesome. You have a lot of fans. Um, what was your first one? What was the first location for you guys? I, Irish Oak. Uh, I actually jumped on board. A dear friend of mine, Ryan Marks, was, uh, was a small partner. Yeah, and he's a he, friend of the show. Yeah, for yep. sure. He's a great, great guy. Someone I look up to for sure. Uh, he was a director of operations and had a small piece of the company. And kind of a, as they grew... Well, it was just really kind of needed help with the other side of the business. Ryan taught me everything on the restaurant side where I was just a shot and bar guy. So uh, we kind of walked in and, and met him and we kind of hit it off. Uh, it was pretty awesome. He taught me what uh, what a silverware roll-up was, I think. And I taught him that how you can go deal with food and, and I'll do uh, a round of shots over here and I'll make more than you. What's your favorite <laughs> round of shots? Uh, these I, I drink only vodka pretty much these days. But, uh, okay. Go going back i was a big tequila guy and big jameson guy so okay tequila for me john Jamal. drinks everything no. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have a shot of whatever you give them you and you guys are in nashville now so you Correct. guys are expanding or is is the expansion of nashville going to continue to happen or is nashville we're, kind we're of a, not we're we're keeping it in our pocket uh nashville okay. was an eye-opener meaning that um i'm a big relationships guy and it was it was like starting all over. It yeah. was a lot different than I thought it would be. I mean, having to be there every day, be away from your family. So we're reconsidering. I mean, now that we're there, I, I can see us expanding in Nashville as well. But but uh, moving to other cities, we're open to everything. Uh, but at the same time, we're really trying to hone in on what we're good at. I think the Chicago market and the suburbs are really what we're focusing on now. Awesome. Um, any advice for entrepreneurs? And I'm going to ask you in a second, Christy. So I'll give you a second to think about it. Cheater. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm going to put him on the spot. So, yeah, so putting me on the spot. I, I mean, what I would say is, is just fucking do it. <laughs> like literally life's not that hard, man. I, I mean, I, I think that people that were born on second base, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> like it's, it's so much tougher yeah. than, than it is with someone that, that has to start it from the beginning. And ultimately don't be too busy. That's bullshit. And wake up earlier. Wake up as early as you possibly can. Just wake up. Snooze button should be, I think it should be against the law. I think it's just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Like, it's absolutely a waste of time. I it, actually, I agree. If they took, I use it too much, but if they took it off my phone, probably make my life easier. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just get rid of it. I mean, if you get rid of it, then you have to wake up, right? <laughs> so, I guess you're right. Well, I guess you could set another alarm, but whatever. <laughs> Wishful thinking. It's not in my, it's not my wheelhouse. <laughs> have you, have you heard Arnold? Arnold gives a quote that, or he gives a speech and, he talks about how people say, oh, you need eight hours of sleep. He goes, sleep faster. Yeah. You know, like yeah, just sleep less. Like yes. Just get up earlier. Arnold's a, it's I, my best Arnold impression. But, but overall, I guess to, to circle back and, and put that into one quick thing is like make goals, right? But do them, yeah. right? And then at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing that people don't do is reflect. Take five minutes, whether it's meditate, whether it's yoga, whether it's ever, just reflect and think about it. Because I'm so tired of people saying, I can't believe it's Christmas already. Like, and I, and whenever it says that, I grab their arm, I'm like, oh, really? And I start telling them things that they've done since last year that I know. And I'm like, yeah, you can believe it. it's been 365 days, right? Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, people don't realize, I mean, if we all took the time right now to think of everything we did till we got to this point of our day and just close your eyes and think about everything, you're like, wow, people are awesome. And, and we've done so much today, but instead you just look at the cliff notes, right? Yeah. And, and that's what it is. Realize that you're awesome. <laughs> people are absolutely awesome reflect on it and say, I'm awesome. Let's just continue to build on this. 
Well, I, I really like that because it gives you gratitude for how far you've come too. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, I've had, uh, I coach and train a lot of agents and they're really pissed about the last like two, three weeks. And I'm like, look at how far you came. And look back, reflect a little bit. I really, really do like that. Yeah. I'm going to try to sleep faster. It's awesome. I mean, sleep faster, as Arnold said. I mean, sleep faster, but ultimately you're not going to be successful until you realize that you're having small wins. You don't ever just wake up, as they say, and wake up and say, today I'm going to be a horrible fucking person. Right? Yeah. You, you wake up and you make all these small decisions because you're not reflecting on your day. And you're so far off one day when you wake up that it's really hard to get back there. Yeah. It's really, really hard. But if you do it every night and reflect, say, man, I was a fucking mess today. I, I did horrible stuff, right? <laughs> I'm going to start again right now being a good person. Then you're not going to go far off. It, it's driving to your house. It's really funny to me. If I make a wrong turn, what do I do? I turn, turn the fuck around, right? right? But <laughs> in anything else in life, if I'm trying to lose weight, I'll start on Monday. Right? Yeah. Like, that makes zero sense to me. I, I don't get it. People are awesome and they need to realize it. And then it's easy. I mean, I almost don't want to give everyone the keys. Because I'm kidding, obviously, but yeah. it's that easy. It's really that easy. And it's almost frustrating to me that people don't see it sometimes. I can imagine your staff is very motivated by you all <laughs> so, the time. So I like to think so. <laughs> Christy, how about you? Piece of advice, entrepreneur or trading wise, anything? Oh, I have a whole list, but first of all, I really love that sleep faster thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you the link of him, him talking about it. He said, you know, the average person wants to sleep eight hours a day. And I tell him sleep faster. Sleep is overrated, but it's, you have to listen to it because he really, he truly means passionate like me sweating when he's doing it. That's not sweat, that's passion. Yeah. So yeah, he, goes, oh, he literally goes, he means it. But I'm just No, he's, it's a great it. clip of how he shows how he went from, you know, just being a guy in Austria with nothing to becoming who he was and mm -hmm. how many different things he had his hands in when yeah, he got there. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, so so I have a list of advice, so I'm going to try to yeah, run give me, through it really Give me as much of it as you don't I'll, have to. We succinctly. Got time. So I'll try to give you my top couple. First of all, one of the things I do say all the time, and I really believe it, and it's sort of my motto, is opportunity is all around you. Pay attention um, in trading, in business, and in life. Um, you know, kind of going back to, you know, meeting people and really relationships, truly, you have no idea where your next opportunity is going to be, so you should pay attention. The um, the one thing, too, it's funny, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off of Eric as well, and I, my, my, I'm a big fan of Nike, and that just do it mentality, hands down, is I, I live by that. Just jumping in, um, back to that being comfortable, being uncomfortable, like taking risks. Like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, exactly. just ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen? And be okay with that. You, you know, you make a plan, you turn around, right? But it's... Um, I would say that that anything, uh, probably my, my other piece of real, two, two more I'll throw in there, is um, anything you want to do um, and you want to do really well, you have to practice. It's not going to come with, you know, that you're not going to just be the tip of the iceberg. You have to work at it. It's that foundation you have to build first. So practicing and working hard at it and, and, and embrace that if you're an entrepreneur and, and dive in. Um, the other thing uh, that I will say that, that I see a, a lot when you look at uh, different 
um, failures out there. There's really kind of top three reasons that, that startups fail. And one is there's no customer need for the product that somebody put out there, right? So you need to get your product out there and, and throw the spaghetti at the wall and see if customers actually like it and, and want it. Like it's better done than perfect. Don't wait till it's perfect. That'll be too late. And the second thing is, um, don't run out of money, right. <laughs> you know? Um, so make sure that if you're raising capital, that you are uh, truly starting that six months to a year ahead of time. So understand your numbers, know your numbers, and when, you, when you're gonna need that. And then the third one is really about team. And it's so important to have the right team around you. And a lot of startups fail because they don't have the right team. Um, that, I look at sort of the team at Tasty Trade. We've been together for, literally, I, I'm going to say decades, <laughs> because we've found sort of the right balance, the right yin and yang of all of our, all of our team. Um, and, and making people feel like they can make a difference every day. Empowering your employees is so critically important, because I want to wake up you know, before my alarm and jump out of bed, because I love what I do every single day, that do what you love, love what you do. But I want our employees to feel the same way. And how do you do that? Well, you do that by actually being able to make a difference and people actually coming in and contributing and feeling like they were part of the process, part of the company you're building. And that's um, that I think is, is so critically important. So helping people sort of empower them to, to make change and make a difference in the company that you're building. I really love all of that. I mean, both of you, you're infectious to be around and you're very motivational to be around. So both your employees and staff have to be just incredibly lucky. If you guys are watching, this is, you guys are lucky, very, very lucky. And I'm sure you guys are lucky to have incredible staff as well, but great advice. Teams get so much further when they work together. Um, I always say fail forward. Everybody who's going to be successful is going to fail at some point. I, it wasn't my quote. It was a good friend, Tommy Choi's quote. Um, and everybody fails, just fail forward and learn from it. And I love what you said about the tech part of things. We put out our product and we realized, oh shoot, the market wants us to adjust a little bit. But had we never put it out, we would have probably put it out and we would have had to change it anyways. And we realized we got to shift some gears and we're doing that now, but we would have never known. You know, that fear of putting it out. And we were worried. We said, how is this going to be received? Wasn't received like we thought it was going to be received, but we'll get it to the place where it's got to be. Right. And, and the key to that, too, is making sure that you've created the open feedback channels so you sure. can have a two-way conversation with a customer, right, versus just going, hey, I'm going to put that out and let me send a survey out. And you don't get sort of the deeper conversation and sort of the why behind it. Um, so one of the things that we actually have a philosophy on is um, we openly answer emails directly from customers just because we're CEOs, co-CEOs, Tom and I, are all of us, and we, we instill this in all of our employees, uh, you treat customers as if they're like sitting right next to you, right? So taking the, the emails, the phone calls, and all of that, they're, they're friends. It's a relationship. And, but making sure that you are accessible, um, whether you're the CEO or whether you're the support person, doesn't matter. You just need to be accessible because it's the reason you're there every single day is to serve the customer. And that's Absolutely. what we want to do. How does your day start? I'm guessing his starts with no snooze button, but how does your no day get started? No snooze button either. So really? I'm up at five, working Whoa. out, um, you know, in the shower by 545. 
making lunch and dinner before I even wake my kids up. <laughs> so that it's, it's one of those things that um, I'm definitely a morning person. And that's sort of like, I'm going to call it my time because I don't really get any kind of my time with, with three kids. Sure. And, and, you know, I, I call it, I have a day job and a night job too. Um, but I they? love it that way. So 12, 16, and 19, three okay. girls. Three girls. Yep. So you're busy. Yep. And two girl dogs. So my husband has enough, you know. <laughs> He's outnumbered. He's outnumbered. <laughs> by a lot. Well, incredible advice. And how about your day? I'm, I'm actually curious. I know it starts early, Eric. Yeah, but four, what? 4.30. 4.30. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I've, I've fallen off where, where some, but my normal routine is 4.30 a.m. I mean, to be honest, it's sometimes to beat the traffic, but I uh, work out downtown and, and then uh, just really, I might probably get more done before. 7 a.m. I mean, if you haven't noticed, I have ADD a little bit. Um, so I, I get more done. something shiny than I, it takes me another hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I get more done before most people wake up, and I love it. I'm a morning person. I'm a night person, too, so I don't, I don't really understand sleeping. You sleep faster, very I, I, fast. I sleep very fast. I'm, very, I'm not good at much. I'm very good at sleeping, very efficient. <laughs> I'm, so. I'm actually like you. I'm, although I'm not up as early as you guys are, but I'm usually up till 2.30, 3 o'clock, but then I get – Four to five hours of sleep max. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, and that's I, it's it. it's funny that I talked to John on the way in here that I, I've been in this building numerous times at four thirty a.m. From my gym was actually on the other side of this floor. Oh, really? Yeah. What was in here? There, what there was a uh, the training facility. I forget what it. Was. I don't remember either. I forget what it was called. But I had a, a trainer that was here. But it was running right the other side. Of Our old jujitsu school was actually out of this building too. It used to be. I think it was on floor two, right? And then floor three was the gym. Yeah. So. Ah, small world. You have some more shout outs. You have Joe Kamek said Bayless, exclamation point. And then Tony Elliott said, so proud to see where Eric started and to see all his accomplishments. Definitely a mentor. Awesome. You have a lot of fans. Awesome. Um, your, favorite you. Book, you, your favorite book is also definitely top five for me, How to Win Friends and Influence People. So I know that's a big one for you. What's a big taking point from that for you? I just love that. Um, I mean, basically, it's almost a formula to get someone to like you. <laughs> Which in um, your industry is definitely a must. Yeah, I think in any industry, really. I think it, every industry is the same. I mean, every industry is the same, and the people are fucking awesome. Like, why wouldn't you want to get to know someone? <laughs> right? It's like my thing is that most most people's best friends, right, are people that they either live next door to them or that they that they grew that they grew up with or that was in their homeroom or this because they were forced to be their best friends imagine if you had that relationship with all those people that you didn't try to right and, and that's why i look at it. I, I mean i think it's kind of funny the little train that could is actually my favorite book um first book i read i think but it's it's just i that sounds better on a resume when i <laughs> when i write the dale carnegie thing but I, I mean people would look at me and say yeah he breaks things <laughs> but but it's the same philosophy but the best thing i got out of dale carnegie is really just that look at those habits and it's amazing that you meet someone and I remember sitting there and I would write it down and I would meet someone and be like okay let's try this nice to meet you blah 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 they hated me they hated me right and I would turn around I'm like oh yeah I didn't do this <laughs> right yeah. and then the funny thing is what you realize is it's just be genuine yeah that's it that's all it is but then you, you forget again and then you forget again and that, that's the thing it's like no I, I fuck up every day <laughs> like, like every single day with relationships with everything but at least I say that I did yeah. I don't blame it on them. Very self-aware you are. If someone doesn't like me, it's probably my fault. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, if I get in an argument, if you get an argument with someone, if you think about it, it's why. It's because they don't think like you. You think that they think like you. <laughs> and that, that's the only reason you argue with them. There's no reason you get mad at them. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. But 
Dale Carnegie. If anyone hasn't read it, um, I'm a big audio while I'm was, driving. That's what I was about to ask you because you drive in from the suburbs. Yeah, it's a big audio book guy. It's uh, big words, big words. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> but it's just repetitive. The the book, but I mean, I probably listened to it. I, I mean, without exaggerating, a hundred. I mean, hundreds of times. Wow. So when, whenever I'm having a bad day, I'll just throw it in there, and I, I can recite it pretty much. But it, it, it just gets you back to thinking. They should use you for the audible voiceover on it. That would be fun. You just read the whole book, and then I'll, awesome. I'll listen to it a hundred times. Perfect. I'm in. <laughs> um, Christy, how about you? Are you a audible gal or not? Not, not so really. Um, I'm usually doing. I mean, there are other things that I'm usually doing, but it, from a book standpoint. Yeah. Um, the I have one that I just haven't nothing's knocked it off uh, off the top, which is Steve Jobs' book yeah. by Walter Isaacson. Great, great book. And I can't, you know, I'm still enamored by a lot of things that Steve Jobs has done. Um, so there's nothing that's really sort of compared so far. That's another good one. I, I've read that one. Two really good book recommendations for those of you, because I always get people, I see them on Facebook or Instagram, shoot out book recommendations. Those are two really good ones, especially if you're going to try to be an entrepreneur, especially if you're going to try to get better at being a good leader for people that work for you, because yeah. both those are really good books for that. Um, John, do we have any anything else for today? No, I I think we Did, we covered everything. Uh, great energy, great interviews, great people. Just a awesome situation. Yeah, I um I think you lost your camera. I saw you move it around. Yeah, so uh, they can't me, see you. Right. So just my booming voice. Um, but. Thank you too for coming on. It, it uh, we I probably could keep you guys on for three, four, five hours Legit. each. Legit. Um, definitely, definitely. For those of you who are looking to learn how to trade, learn about investing, check out Tasty Trade. I, I am. I, I'm not just saying this. I'm going to go on it, and you're definitely going to hear from me because I. It's trading has always been a very intimidating thing for me. And I feel like I might, I might be starting on second base to somebody starting on first base when it comes to trading because I, I read a ton and I, I, I'm pretty well researched. But going on the site, it really put me at ease when it comes to learning. And I'm a visual guy, so you guys have videos for everything. And I think a lot of people are more visual than they are the type of person who's going to read something. So I uh, encourage you guys, check it out. I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm probably going to reach out and... Oh, ask you do. some questions please and bother do. you a little bit. And yeah, tastytrade.com and the Learn Center is a great place to start. And I'm going to throw out too, my email address is Christy at tastytrade.com, K-R-I-S-T-I at tastytrade.com. If anybody has any questions, again, all about accessibility, happy to answer and direct you, you know, in any way throughout the site. Um, you weren't kidding. Super happy to have anybody check it out. You weren't kidding about email her. She's going to yeah. answer your emails. Yep. I like Elon Musk does that on social media sometimes, but sometimes really late Sometimes he gets in trouble, though. Yeah, sometimes he gets in trouble. <laughs> he says some things, but it's always interesting to see him because I follow him, start responding to people. And I'm like, that's really him actually responding to people. But uh, it's great that you take time to actually respond to the people who are uh, watching on your platform. I'm definitely really excited to learn about it. And for my buddy who asked about the wheat stocks, that's where we're going to go to learn about this stuff. So Boom. thank you so much for coming Thanks on. Thanks for having me on. Um, and for all my buddies, because I do have some that are now in the tech world as that starts to grow, check out 1871. Um, I'm definitely going to be checking it out and contacting you about that a little bit more. Perfect. And thank you to Eric for coming on. One, one restaurant group is really hard to have, or one restaurant location. Having 12 is incredible. Your um, 
your personality and your um, your excitement is really pretty infectious. It's it, it's crazy, and I think uh, I think people who are uh, working for you are obviously very lucky. Check out Never Had a Bad Day Foundation. Obviously, if you guys donate, he's gonna match it. So go donate a million bucks and let's get him to sweat a little bit more. <laughs> it's um, nhbd.org. Nhbd.org. I'm definitely gonna go on it. And and what an incredible um, thing you're doing with that. And for companies who he can he can help you guys out with everything he's doing. I mean, I'm I'm motivated just listening to him. I'm sure if I spent another two hours with him, I'd probably learn how to operate my business at a much much higher level. So get this guy to come out to your office and then allow them to help you to be able to help. Uh, never had a bad bad day, and I, I love that motto because it is relative. And yeah, I think uh, I, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm as well going to email you probably on the not while driving, of course, but <laughs> I, on the way up to Northbrook here. After I really. sadly text and email and drive. I got to stop. I'm trying. I'm trying to break that habit as well. So I know it's. Uh, I have a friend of mine who he takes his phone and he puts it in. That's the, what I started doing <laughs> in the in his bag, and because he's got the ability to hit talk on his new car, he just doesn't text then. So maybe so, that's what you and I'll have. That's yes. the best piece of advice yet today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I, that. <laughs> I absolutely agree. So, but thank you for having me on. No, I appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, we're probably going to have to have you guys on again because I think we could talk for hours and hours. Absolutely, with you guys. Uh, Actually, get- uh, my my better half already made a donation. Oh, uh, awesome! Uh, from the two of us to your- Hopefully, too many yep. people aren't listening. Oh, yes. wonderful! Another birthday yeah. coming up. <laughs> thank you, thank awesome. you, Maggie. Thank you. thank you very much, Maggie. Yeah, really appreciate it, Maggie. Great interviews from Donovan Minero and Maggie. Actually, she mentioned what the socks were. Let me say that before we get off air. Oh, socks from Merino. Oh. Merino, correct? Yeah, yeah socks yeah, yeah, from yeah. Merino. Yeah. Now you're Absolutely. gonna have matching socks to me and Eric. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Not gonna be cool anymore. Oh, I've got I got drawers full. It's great. <laughs> our guests for next week are TBD because our guests that we're supposed to be on have a little bit of a hiccup. Um, but we will have a really cool guest on next week, Wednesday at 3 o'clock. I'm excited to announce who I think we're going to have on, but I don't want to do it quite yet. John, anything it, else? Yeah. Cool. Good, man. Check us out uh, on iTunes, Stitcher. Google Play, John always smiles when I try to say <laughs> Stitcher because I goof it up, say it three times really fast. Um, YouTube. And um, Spotify. Yeah, check and out the website too. Check out our new website, aewheelhouse.com. All of our past episodes are on there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, check us out, share us, love us. We really appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week. In three, two,